All right, uh, and we're getting started now. So, um, so we had covered the planets. There are some basic things that you need to know for the uh, Ayurveda counselor. Um, and we've really covered most of that. We've covered the planets, we've covered the bhavas or houses. Uh, last week we went through that entire lecture. It is uh, <clears throat> missing a couple of things which I want to cover today. We're going to talk about Saturn and Jupiter and Rahu and Ketu and also look at some um, some examples and explain some of the interactions that are going on. Okay, so um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about Saturn first. Saturn is one of the very important planets in the chart. People sometimes, you know, they learn a little bit about Jyotish and they become very fearful of Saturn because Saturn has the reputation for being, uh, creating obstacles, slowing things down. Um, if you think of countries and you think of the countries that are associated with different planets, India is a country that's ruled by Saturn. If you've been to India, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a delay for everything. There's a delay. Please wait, just be patient. Um, it is just, you know, it is just now coming. Uh, things are broken right now. Uh, you will have to wait a little bit. In India, patience is, is a necessary virtue. It is absolutely necessary. America is a country that's ruled by Mars. Everything is all aggressive. It's all, you know, we're going to fight this. We're going to, uh, err, you know, we're going to attack and bomb the problem. and and blast it to oblivion. Um, you know, and there are different combinations as well, but those are two kind of extreme examples. So let's talk about Saturn. Saturn is of course associated with Vata. Uh, Saturn moves slowly. Saturn makes things deal slowly, uh, move slowly. If Saturn is well placed in the chart, it can be an indication of long life. It, Saturn is the planet that we often look at for uh, longevity and Saturn is the planet that is also the dispositor of karma. Saturn is the taskmaster. It gives us lessons from previous life, from our karma, from what we have done and it gives us sometimes difficult lessons. <clears throat> so um, Looking at Saturn in the chart is also something that can indicate things like someone's propensity to be poor. Um, it can indicate delays and obstacles. But if you think about it, I want to talk about this now from a philosophical perspective. Saturn is actually what makes great people great. Without the influence of Saturn, there is no such thing as a person who accomplishes great things. If you look at the um, the stories of persons who have done great things, whether they are great saintly persons, great scientists, whatever, they have faced serious obstacles. 
and many studies have been done on this. Um, th there are often great obstacles. Nobody has this easy path where they just sail through and they don't face any difficulties and then they end up doing great things. It doesn't happen that way. Um, either they will come to terms with Shani by force because they are put in adverse circumstances or Shani will um, they will embrace Shani through the discipline of hard work and this creates the illusion that hard work itself is the cause of success but it is actually Shani who is the cause of success because Shani represents the tribulations that we go through to get to successful circumstance. So anyone who, who tells you that, you know, oh my God, there's the Saturn transit, Ashtama Shani, um, uh, or Shani is, is transiting the Lagna and I will not be able to get anything done for the next seven and a half years. That is not really true. It means that when you have the influence of Shani, when you have Saturn in the chart and you're going through a period ruled by Saturn, you will encounter more difficulties, but these are difficulties that will make us stronger, that will teach us lessons that make us wise. Now, if Shani is not well-placed and Shani has bad aspects, there can be other things that happen. There can be losses, there can be reductions in status, there can be loss to reputation and so forth. Okay, but Shani is actually a very important planet and it should not be misunderstood as something to be feared, but we should um, offer our pranams to Shani and accept that Shani will actually help us to achieve great things. Now, let us talk about Jupiter. So Jupiter, we talked before in our in the last week, we covered Sun, Moon, Mercury and Mars. Okay, and now we're talking about Saturn, Jupiter, Rahu, Ketu. So Jupiter is the benefic planet. It is the planet of expansion and blessing. In bodily issues, Jupiter may deal with the abdomen. It may deal with kapha. Jupiter is definitely associated with kapha, just as Saturn is associated with vata. Symptoms of Saturn's influence may be that someone has a long face. If Saturn has an influence on the first house, their face may be long. They may have a lot of, uh, of bodily hair or facial hair, um, and they will tend to be somewhat tall. Jupiter's influence will give someone a more rounded face, uh, and they may also be somewhat inclined toward gaining weight, um, but they will also tend to have a very happy disposition. Of course, people often have um, a combination of, of planets that are involved. Um, you know, for example, looking at someone like uh, Luciano Pavarotti, he's a famous uh, operatic tenor. He obviously has a very strong influence of Jupiter in his chart. Um, also, also Mercury definitely and Mars as well. And they are undergoing some exchange. This is based on bodily symptoms, also the qualities of his voice and, um, and you know, his uh, the things that he also struggled with, especially his weight. 
Um, that is not looking from the analyzing his birth chart. That's just looking at, you know, the external symptoms of what planets are involved. But, uh, you know, Jupiter ruling Kapha, Jupiter gives blessings, Jupiter gives abundance, Jupiter can also give wealth. Jupiter is also the planet of Dharma. So if someone has Jupiter well-placed, they may have a very strong sense of what's right and wrong. And uh, they may also sometimes have a somewhat rigid concept. Now, Jupiter combined with Saturn will sometimes lead someone to be somewhat uh, single-minded and have sometimes a fanatical approach in their religious views or their concepts of Dharma may be more rigid. Uh, Jupiter by itself is, uh, is basically giving blessing. Imagine that there's a very jolly, very happy, large person, physically large, who just gives and is very happy and likes others to be happy. That is Jupiter. Jupiter is, uh, Jupiter and Venus are the two uh, main Salmya uh, Grahas, the benefic planets, the planets that give blessing. Jupiter is never going to give a harmful result. If Jupiter is not well placed, if Jupiter is not strong in someone's chart, there may be the uh, uh, reduction in blessings from Jupiter. Now here it is mentioned that you know Jupiter can cause the growth of tumors. Jupiter can be involved in liver disease and high cholesterol. This is indirect, so it is not directly correct. Um, this would be indirect result of the growth capabilities. And if there is uh, a strong aspect of Saturn, Rahu, Mars combined. Mars is the primary influence in cancers and tumors and so forth. So it's not correct that Jupiter causes the growth of tumors. So that's that's actually incorrect. Um, so we talked about, let's see, Sun, Moon, Mars, Mercury. Actually, Venus is the other planet. So Venus, uh, uh, one more thing I want to say. So in looking at someone's chart, I will always point out what's called Arishtabhanga Yoga. Arishtabhanga Yoga means when there is Jupiter or uh, Venus or one of the other um, Saumya Grahas or benefic planets is in either the uh, first, fourth, seventh, tenth house or in the uh, fifth or ninth house. This forms Arishtabhanga Yoga and it, it, it takes away or reduces other problematic things with the chart. So that's a very good placement of a benefic planet. Now, Venus, Venus is also associated with Kapha. Um, Venus is related to the reproductive system. Um, if Venus is weak, it can definitely cause fertility issues for women. Uh, it can cause reproductive issues for men as well. Venus in Sanskrit is called Shukra. Um, Shukra is the essence, it, it is the most refined of the tissues also. It also refers to uh, the reproductive seed fluid or semen. Um, and 
Venus is associated with sensuality. Um, it is also related to our creative abilities. If someone is a great musician or a great artist, you will see a very strong placement of Venus. So someone who has Venus in the 10th house, for example, that person <coughs> may, um, may achieve a high level of success in the arts, for example, or they may achieve a high level of success in their career through the creative application of things that they have learned. Um, Jupiter, Venus, Saturn, Rahu, Ketu, yes. So when Venus is weak, there may be different types of afflictions. There may be problems with the reproductive system. Uh, there could also be problems with, um, you know, for example, someone who has um, a lot of blessings from Venus, they may also have a high propensity to enjoy sensual pleasures and overindulgence in sensual pleasures may indirectly give them a lot of problems. And especially that may be true if Venus has an affliction, if it has an aspect of uh, sometimes Mars. Venus also in certain placements can indicate uh, sometimes a kind of, you know, certain types of sexual fascination or things that <laughs> sometimes might be considered a bit kinky. Um, usually in conjunction with Rahu, there has to be a strong conjunction of Rahu or Venus in the eighth house. This can also lead to these kind of things, these kind of tendencies. Humans are very complex and we can never look at Jyotish from the view of it being any less complex. It's a good question. What makes a planet strong or weak? So there is a system that Maharshi Parashara has given called Shadbala. Shadbala means the six strengths and it gives a numeric score basically. Um, it gives you um, a score based on Sthanabala, uh, Kalabala, uh, uh, the exaltation or debilitation. When planets are in certain signs, they are exalted. In other signs, they are debilitated. And all of these things together add up to a planet being more strong or less strong. And that's what we're referring to by a planet being strong or weak. Shadbala is a very useful system because it kind of gives us at a glance um, a calculation of the, the relative strengths. Other things that lead to the overall strength of a planet are its occupation. If a planet is in the house of a bitter enemy, some planets are enemies, that's going to make it a little bit weaker. There's also directional strength. In the seventh house, some planets are stronger and in the 10th house, other planets are stronger. Okay, um, these are all things that uh, get factored into the Shadbala calculation. It is a very authentic system that is given by Maharshi Parashara in Brihat Parashara Horashastra. And most Jyotish programs calculate that. I have my free Jyotish program that's available online does not do that. I'll add it at some point um, when I have time, but it's a little bit, the calculations are a little bit more involved. Also, whether a planet is retrograde, that makes it stronger and so forth. So good question. Um, so Venus, let's talk about now the shadow planets Rahu and Ketu.
where do we have so this this doesn't yes so um rahu and ketu are involved in many different things so rahu let's talk about rahu first again you remember what rahu is rahu is not an actual point of illumination in the sky they are um they are uh shadow planets they indicate the point of the moon crossing the plane of the ecliptic both the ascending node which is rahu and the descending node which is ketu <coughs> Rahu indicates um, phobias. So if someone is in their Rahu Mahadasha, their, the major period of their life ruled by Rahu, and again, that is something based on calculation of the moon. Rahu may be involved in fears. Rahu is also involved in addictions, in thievery. There's the example given of Amy Winehouse. Um, you, you know, the... Uh, I don't know about the, the the transiting thing is something that some people talk about more. I would say that in general, looking at her chart, um, there was a there was a strong influence of Rahu, which gave her kind of this dark quality, which also made her very interesting. But also, you know, it, it she had you know kind of a dark pallor, which was also the thing that led to her addiction and ultimately her death. Um, people with a strong Rahu influence, Rahu also can lead someone to be very successful and to make money. And um, the uh, Rahu is, uh, is a planet that indicates sometimes success in the material sphere, in the, in the mundane sphere. Okay. Now, Ketu, on the other hand, um, I also want to mention about Rahu. Rahu is often involved in irrational fears and phobias when we, uh, and also with insanity and derangement and illusion. Okay, Rahu is associated with all of these things. So when there is a lot of stress, um, Rahu may uh, be involved in certain types of mental disorders. Rahu also tends to associate with whichever planet rahu does not rule any sign but rahu will associate with the planet ruling the sign it is placed in and we'll we'll look quickly at one example here ketu on the other hand is um deals with secrets it deals with hidden things it deals with mysticism and psychic ability um and it um, it may deal with many types of diseases, but in when someone is entering a K2 period, this may be a time of mysticism. It may be a time of inward development. Um, it it may be a time with being fascinated with conspiracies and secrets and uncovering mysteries. Um, so you know that is that that covers the grahas. So I wanted to also go through an example chart and talk about some of these things in detail. So give me one second here. Uh, I am going to just 
just open up one chart. Okay, so here we go. Let's look at the chart of Barack Obama. Interesting person, interesting chart. Um, so he was born 1961, August 4th, 1961. Um, this is the first house, so this is the ascendant. And you know, this is one of the things that you need to be able to know, what's the ascendant? The ascendant is the part of the zodiac that was crossing the horizon at the time of birth. So he had Jupiter and Saturn in Capricorn in the ascendant. Now that's a very interesting combination because that Jupiter-Saturn Jupiter combination gave him a lot of stability it gives him <laughs> because he's still uh, he's he's a very much a living person and uh you know it, it gives him a lot of stability and gravitas he also has mercury and sun in cancer in the seventh house giving an aspect jupiter and saturn are both retrograde which makes both of them strong now they don't have stanabala from position but um you know overall he has um a lot of you know excellent things going on his uh you know jupiter and saturn jupiter is first of all giving him arishtabhanga yoga it is canceling out other problems that may be there although saturn is a krurgraha it is with jupiter so this greatly mitigates the effect of what would be the krurgraha in the first house Having this strong aspect of Mercury, it also makes him a very uh, a a very profound, deliberate speaker who has a lot of gravitas. You know, he is able to speak very eloquently, very well. People like the sound of his voice, um, and he's you know able to make very convincing arguments. Um, and you have, this is kind of a very powerful axis, the Jupiter, Saturn in the ascendant, Mercury, Sun in the seventh house. It also means that this very strong aspect of Jupiter and Saturn on the seventh house means that <clears throat> his, his married life is very stable. You know, his partner is someone who's also a very powerful person. Um, now, Jupiter is in the house of an enemy. Saturn and Jupiter have an en enmity. A natural enmity so that reduces somewhat the power of Jupiter Saturn is in his own sign so that means that Saturn is is prominent with him he is a person who comes across as you know being you know very deliberate you know he's someone who thinks before he acts who thinks before he speaks this is uh, you know partly the influence of Saturn now moon is in the fifth house uh, ruled by Venus, um, so less likely to have male children. He had two two girls, very nice girls, um, and that would be you know that is indicated by Moon, and Moon was 
in Krishna Dashami. So Moon is acting as a Krurugraha at this time because it is going toward, it is a little past the Ashtami and Moon has now become slightly trending toward being the Krurugraha. Mars and Rahu are in Leo. So Sun is the Lord of the eighth and the seventh house. And this also leads to certain types of obstacles and problems and you know problems with the father are indicated by Jupiter being having somewhat of a the the Saturn being with Jupiter in the first house lead to the third house um, which is Jupiter is the Lord of the third house the third house deals with father and travels in foreign country all this you know kind of these baseless allegations of that he wasn't you know actually a US citizen and all that this is all coming from this uh, association with Sun being Lord of the Eighth that's where all that comes from and having Rahu in the Eighth along with Mars this led to some some problems but you know with Rahu Rahu often leads to problems that do not have any foundation it are they are shadow problems as Rahu's nature is shadowy and you know shady characters only tried to promote that kind of uh, that kind of theory but you know this is a very uh, upstanding man uh, now moon is actually well placed moon is in Rohini which is out of all the nakshatras probably the best nakshatra for the moon to be in it's an excellent uh, excellent place for the moon um, and uh, only moon is just slightly past the point of being Samyagraha um, when he became president it was in his uh, Jupiter Mahadasha towards the end of his Jupiter Mahadasha and that is um, actually the, the period the, the final third of his Jupiter Mahadasha is the part that was ruled by um, the, the, that most strongly showed the influence of Jupiter. These are all things that Maharshi Parashara says um, and uh, from Parashara Horashastra. So I wanted to just give an example of a chart you know just to see uh, particularly some of these planets that we're discussing Venus being in in Gemini in the sixth house sixth house of house of enemies and diseases overall his he has a very strong chart and there are a number of yogas that make his chart rather um, exceptional um, as you know someone who gained a lot of respect and who has um, you know, again, Saturn making someone great. This is a good example of that. So Saturn is in his own sign in the ascendant, and this is a very prominent thing. Um, you know, people recognize his gravitas. But there's also enmity and uh, strong enemies with the Krurugraha uh, sun being Lord of the Eighth, occupied by Mars and Rahu in the seventh house, giving that aspect. Just a little bit of that. Um, so you know he was kind of a as a as president he was somewhat polarizing and there were people who really really hated him and although although there were others who uh, really appreciated him but um, that's one example let's see if we have another another one that I can do 
So let us see, I have, all right, well, let's just do, let's look at my chart. That's a good one. Uh, it's certainly interesting. Uh, let's see. So put in the time and date. I was just a, a little older than him. Eight fifty PM and born same hospital as Al Gore. And here we go. Okay. So here you have Moon and Mars in the ascendant, um, and Jupiter and Saturn in the seventh house. And Jupiter and Saturn um, are not retrograde but they're giving aspects to the ascendant and moon and Mars are, uh, are prominent. Saturn is in the sign owned by Jupiter. Um, so Jupiter is Mula Tricona and in his own sign, um, Saturn is in the house of an enemy. So that makes a problem with Saturn also because Saturn is the, uh, moon is the Lord of the second house and it's getting the aspect of Saturn. There, there is also a combination that leads to something called Yoga, which means that even someone who makes a lot of money, they sometimes may uh, sometimes end up not having money, which is a kind of a funny thing. The indication, of course, is that the uh, Jupiter being Lord of the Tenth is, you know, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to bring up these examples. I know this may be a little not so interesting, but um, I wanted to bring out the example of how planets have different natures and their placement in the chart in the different houses has uh, different effects on people. So it's very complicated and, you know, we, we can't really give you all the information to be able to read and understand and interpret all these things but you know the house the first house deals with appearance and um the uh the face and and you know the seventh house deals with marriage long-term relationship 10th house deals with career 11th house deals with income 12th house with uh losses ninth house is the house of destiny or fate. The eighth house is the house of diseases and troubles. Sixth house, house of enemies. Fifth house, house of um, offspring. Fourth house, house of mother and happiness. Third house, father, siblings, travel in foreign countries. Second house, house of wealth. Um, but that's really out of the scope of this course. So um, I'm going to end there and move on to the next portion. But um, I wanted to basically give an idea of, you know, how we look at putting all these things together and how the, uh, the placement of the different planets is significant. The things that you need to know are, you need to know about the, um, the different planets, 
right? So Navagraha, there are nine. That is seven plus two. You need to know about the houses. Um, which are just that, you know, you have houses start from Ascendant or Lagna. You need to know about the 12 signs. You need to know about differences between Jyotish and Western astrology. Um, and you need to understand nakshatras, which are those 27 divisions um and let's see i don't even think you need to know about aspects these are pretty basic things and the importance of karma how the chart reflects karma these are kind of the basic things because as an ayurvedic practitioner you would encounter people where you sometimes need to consult with a Jyotishi to understand whether there might be a karmic issue in someone having a recurring condition. You know, so the analysis of the chart is a very complicated thing. It's not something that we can do in, you know, our quick elective course on Jyotish. It's really just meant to kind of get you started and you might do more self-study and picking this up on your own but mainly to just understand something about the scope of Jyotish and how it can complement Ayurveda in understanding the issues, the karmic issues that someone may face. All right, well, I'm gonna end there and that I believe is the last session on Jyotish that we're doing. Um, and um, you know, if you wanna go more into depth on charts, uh, I do I do consultations. You can contact me uh, separately, and we can we can set that up. Um, and we do that for students, and it's just based on a um, a donation for that. So thank you very much, and that's it for today. Um, uh, we will come up with some recommendations. There are one or two books. There are, yes, there are many different books on Jyotish and um, 